Hello and welcome to the Moonshots podcast. It's episode 56. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by Chad Owen. Good evening, Brooklyn. Good morning, Sydney. How are you on this fine Monday, Mike? I, I can only tell you it's a bit chilly here in Tuesday in the Southern Hemisphere, but it might be chilly outside, but I get pretty warm and fuzzy when we're talking about our favorite author, huh? Yeah, so we've done not one, not two, but here's our third episode in the Simon Sinek book series here on the Moonshots. No, it's the fourth episode in the fourth book in the series. See, I've already lost track. (laughs) You're lost in a world of why you're doing the uh, virtuous circles. You can't even remember how many episodes we've done, but you are right. In this particular series, Chad, we have done three, but overall there was a fourth, the big mothership of of shows uh, that has almost hit 40,000 listeners. It's, uh, It's the smash hit in the moonshot podcast series but we are decoding in this series all of these books and we've been on a wild journey with start with why we've done you know leaders eat last we've done together is better but today chad we come to the fourth and perhaps the most practical of all of these books yes so we are going to find our why uh, or, or find your why is is the title of the book, and it's a book that Simon co-authored with David Mead and Peter Docker, and I think the three of them do a fantastic job of giving us the practical knowledge and practices and tools, things for us to find our whys. And um, what's really interesting to reflect on with this book, find your why, is that it was a direct result of everybody loving. The first book that we had on this series, which is Start With Why, but in the same breath, everybody's like, we love this, Simon, but we don't even know where to start. Like, how do we do this why thing? Mm -hmm. And this was the reason he wrote this book. And it's such a, a sort of pivot from the last book that we discussed, which is Together is Better, because that was like a business book and a leadership book. Um, and a collaboration book in like a parable format. Yeah. It was like in a kid's book, but it absolutely works. So we've gone from these heady, uh, motivating books to picture books. Now we're in like textbook land. So for everybody listening to this show, this show, this episode is get all about getting super, super serious about doing this why thing. And um, I think it is the perfect companion to the first book he wrote because this one, like, this is like something you might expect as, a, as almost a textbook at college or high school, mm-hmm. but it works for that very reason, don't you think, Chad? Yeah. Start With Why is the book that you'll buy a copy for everyone inside of your company and give it to all of your friends. Find Your Why is the book that you buy to go and actually do it. You know, you can choose a, a friend or a partner to to help you in that endeavor, or you can, you know, try and roll it out across your organization. But we've got some really great clips, both from Simon and, and the co-authors, talking about not only why is finding your why important, 
but also getting into some of the practical uh, aspects of how you go about finding your why. And uh, I'm sure you and I will be reflecting at some point, you know, about the book and how it's broken down. And just what we found was, as you said, you know, I think it's a great, uh, not quite as dry as a textbook, but like it, it gives you all the tools I feel like that you yeah, need yeah. Uh, to get to, to get you started with the process of finding your why. Yeah. And I think um, what you can look forward to in this show is us really getting into setting the context of why it matters, how you might find it and um, really how you can live by this every single day. And I, I think there's one thing that I'd, I think we need to point out to our listeners, Chad, before we jump into decoding Find Your Why, do you think we we could give like a, a, a little primer on the first book? Like how can we just do an elevator pitch, exec sum, of the first book, Start With Why, because I think we probably need to frame that idea. If someone hasn't listened to the earlier show and is not familiar with the books, how can we explain the first book so that this, if you will, this activation of the first book really can make sense? How, Chad, let's do it with you. Like, Start With Why. Just what is it? What's the idea? Why do you love it? And then we can just jump straight into Find Your Why. Yeah, well, you're, you're making me want to go back into uh, the archive and, and have Simon himself uh, say it with a clip from him. But um, if I were to sum it up, people today, especially companies, lead with what they do. And then sometimes they talk about the high. And then if you really you know, pepper them with questions, uh, you might get at their why. And Simon gives some really great examples of companies that talk all about you know, the features um, of the products that they're selling. But he gives a really great example of Apple, and I'm doing a, a poor job paraphrasing, but what Apple does is they start on the inside with the why, and then they talk about the how, and then eventually they get to the what. Yes, and he uses them almost as evidence that people don't buy what you do, they buy, buy why you do it. And what was really cool in the series of books that he wrote afterwards is he applies it not only to brands, but he also applies it to the individual. So he argues that great leadership comes from people who know why they exist on the planet and what they're here to do. And isn't that the power? Isn't that why we're like cynic fans, Chad? Like it's so applicable. You can apply it to the brand. Yeah, the brand you're building at work or you can apply it to yourself or both. And the teams you're leading, yeah. Yeah, and that... uh you know, people follow you because they believe what you believe. Mm. And for, you know, for Simon, that again, starts with starting with your why and then figuring out the how. And of course, the what's are kind of results right. from that. But if you, if you want the deep dive, go back and listen uh, to episode 53, where we do a deep dive into Start With Why. And um, this book, Find Your Why, is really all about the the, the tactics and the things and the conversations, questions you ask yourself in order to get at your why. And so to kick off this show about finding your why, we're going to hear from Simon and why it's important uh, to find your fulfillment and how that leads to your why. If people learn their why, it makes them better qualified and more importantly, more confident to choose the careers, choose the jobs and find the companies that create environments in which they are more likely to be inspired and feel fulfilled. And that's the goal. 
The discovery of why was not an academic exercise or commercial exercise. It was something deeply, deeply personal. I had a small business and after a few years had lost my passion for what I was doing. People gave me silly advice like, do what you love. I was doing the same thing, I didn't love it anymore. Thanks to the confluence of some events, um, I discovered this naturally occurring pattern. I knew what I did and I knew how I did it, but I couldn't tell you why. And I realized I had to answer that question if I was gonna find that balance. And so I became obsessed with answering this question, why do I do what I do? Not only did it restore my passion, it restored it to levels I'd never experienced before. And as we do, when we discover something beautiful, we share it with the people we love. And so I shared it with my friends and my friends started making crazy life changes. And they invited me to share it with their friends. And I would show up at someone's apartment and literally give a little talk about this discovery I'd made. And I would just get more and more invitations and this thing just sort of spread organically. And it's really changed the course of my life and changed the course of my career, where now I'm completely devoted to spreading this idea and helping people either find their passion um, or amplify it if they already have it. Having a job we love is a right and not a privilege. It's not for the chosen few. And so my hope is to share this idea with as many people as possible so that indeed um, saying I love my job becomes the standard and not the exception. I used to do the why discoveries myself. Um, that's how it began. I would actually help my friends uh, learn their why. I used to sit down with them and go through this process. It took hours where I'd ask them all about their life and try and see the patterns to try and discern their why. And it was great and highly effective, but I was the only one doing it. So I shared it with others and there was a few of us doing it, but still, you know, there was this desire to do it with more people. And so we took this process that I used to do manually and took everything that I learned and put it in this online course. But it's basically the exact same thing I used to do by myself. So it's, it's really fun to see it come to life in a course. The best thing about the why is that it's a biological constant. It has nothing to do with what we do. It's based on the biology of how we make decisions and what drives us and motivates us, which means that it doesn't matter whether you're retired or whether you're a student, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. This course is designed to help people understand what makes them tick and what drives them, what inspires them. And that's why I'm really proud of this. I mean, this will give people something to grasp onto and find inspiration and fulfillment and in everything they do, hopefully for the rest of their lives. All you need to do is have the will and the desire to want to understand what drives and inspires you. Ooh-ha, he's, he's really getting into it here. And I, what I'm loving about this, Chad, is Sinek is, is now getting into the real nitty and gritty of, of actually making this something that you can realize in your life. And I wanted to hit you, Chad, with what I'm really taking out of this clip from Sinek. He touched on something that I think is really powerful, that, that happiness comes from what we do. I'm happy because I had a nice meal. I'm happy because I had a nice meeting. But the fulfillment comes from why we do it. Fulfillment, this is a much more long-lasting feeling, is when you're on course in life, when you're on track with your family, with your friends, with your work, mm. when you're being the person you dream of being and having the impact that you dream of having, that's fulfillment. And I love the fact that he says that fulfillment is a right that we all have because I think a lot of people I've run into in life not only lack in fulfillment but almost dare not to dream. And what I love is he's opening this right up saying fulfillment is a right 
but it comes not from what we do, but why we do it. And that's like achieving your big mission. And for me, that he's come out of the block so strong there because personally for me, this means so much. Uh, I'm just learning how to do this. Uh, I'm no Jedi master, but man, is he touching on something here? Yeah, but I don't have my why, Mike. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? Well, <laughs> here, you know, essentially he's saying like, look, uh, well, in this case, we, we pulled this clip from uh, from a webinar course that he did, but it's essentially um, the same as the book. So you can kind of swap in book for when he says course. I think what he's outlined, especially in the kind of one-on-one, um, you know, finding your why with a partner part of the book. I mean, you know, he says, as long as you have the drive uh, to want to find it, like, here's the tools, just go yes. and do it. So I, I would like to do a little build on this because... There've been times in my early career where I was not really connected to it. Like I knew what made me happy and maybe what I enjoyed or or what I was capable of doing, but it is what was so transformative for me and that I continue to do is ask not only what do I want to do in life and how do I want to go about it, but why do I exist? Said differently, what do I want my legacy to be? Mm. And maybe you just need to be old and gray like me in order to ask that question. I don't know. <laughs> but honestly, the earlier you ask that question of yourself, the better. And and this book has helped me so much in diving into that sort of question. Yeah. And I think, again, what this book drives home is just how impactful it can be once you find your why. And so we've got two actually really great clips from Simon talking about what you can expect when you're so, when you've crystallized it Mm. and you really uh, begin to understand what your why is. What is the impact of finding your why? So I can tell you what I went through, which is what set me on the journey um, to sharing the message of the why and and, uh, helping people find theirs. Um, A why is like a, is like a, it's like a compass direction. It, it tells you where you're going. Um, we can live our lives by accident, which is kind of like getting in a ship and just sailing or getting in a car and just driving. You'll absolutely see some amazing things. You'll stumble an, upon some amazing experiences, but you don't really have a sense of where you're going, any sort of direction. In other words, what's it all for? What the why does is it provides a path. It provides a map or a compass. So you will still have some of those amazing experiences, but now they have value and worth and they're taking you towards something else. Um, It's a journey towards something. Um, When I learned my why, um, I had this tremendous calm come over me, uh, a sense of uh, my confidence grew, um, a sense that my life had more meaning than I thought it had before. And I had now the choice, um, a new way of viewing decisions, a filter, um, through which to make decisions, which now I would ask myself, does this help um, advance my why or not? Does this help me stay on the path that I'm supposed to be on? Or is this going to be a random a random uh, adventure? So the why provides focus, direction, meaning, and, and, and confidence. Mm. I, I think what he's referring to here is when you sort of start to decode why you're on the planet, there's a certain piece that comes with that because you're like, ah, yeah, that's that's kind of it. That's why I get out of bed every morning. Um, and uh, it's not too different to the feeling that you have when you do something like 16personalities.com, which is a good uh, personality study and test, or Strengths Finder 2.0. There's a certain aha moment that happens when, whether it's 
the Find Your Why book or those courses or tests that I that I mention, they all give you a certain, oh, yeah, that that's me. That's why I exist. That's how I want to act in this world, how I want to be remembered. That's the legacy that I that I want to have. And I think the reason you feel so calm when you get into this sort of stuff and it starts to work for you is that I think it's often subconsciously swirling around you at work or at home about like, okay, who am I trying to be? What am I trying to do in this world? And you go like, oh my gosh, I found a compass. I found a a sort of a roadmap for me to navigate and now find motivation, make better decisions. And also it's that feeling of when you have a moment, you're like, wow, what a day, what a week. Not only was I happy, but I feel a deep sense of fulfillment because I'm doing stuff with the people that I like that really, really matters. I think this is where it all gets to, don't you, Chad? Yeah, I I loved the metaphor of the compass. I think the why, once you find it, it can be a very powerful tool for yourself. And in a way, it makes all of those decisions much easier. So for me, the, the calm comes and the confidence comes from being able to filter those decisions through your why, which is why it's so important and can, can have such a huge impact. We've got another clip from Simon that if you weren't convinced that you need to pick up this book and go through this <laughs> exercise, here's another reason why you should. So a good example of what a why sounds like, I'll tell you a story. Um, I did some work with um, the Disney Imagineers. These are the people who build all the rides, design all the parades, all the shows, the boats, everything like that, the ships. Um, Everything that's not a movie or merchandising, basically, the Imagineers invent it, build it, design it. Um, And I was giving a talk about the why in the Golden Circle to the Imagineers, and Somebody asked the same question, which is, can you give us an example of what a why looks like or sounds like? So I picked a random person in the audience and um, I asked him to give me a specific story that helps me understand that really captures what he loves about being an Imagineer. And he told the story, you have to appreciate that he told over the course of seven minutes maybe, um, uh, basically of how he was the lead engineer on um, a ride. Um, and he went to, um, I should preempt with, I didn't, I should, I should tell you this, that he didn't know this. Um, and I found out later that his nickname at the office was ice chips, um, because he was, um, cold and everything was, he's he's an engineer. So everything was exact and just sort of not the most emotional guy. So they called him ice chips. This was his nickname behind his back. Anyway, so I called on ice chips by accident and, um, he, told the story of how they would design, they had, there was a new ride that was opening that he was the lead engineer. And um, he saw um, a guy in a wheelchair and his daughter um, heading towards the ride to, to try it out for the first time. And um, one of the things that um, occurred to him was that anywhere else in the world, um, people see a guy in a wheelchair with his daughter, um, only at Disneyland, um, the only thing people see is a father and his daughter going to Disneyland. And he says that's what it means to him to work for this organization, that it's about parents and children and family and brothers and sisters and boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives and every combination of family that we can come up with and that's all there is, just those relationships. And that's why everything was so exact to him. 
And in an instant, we're all crying and it was a beautiful story, but in an instant, everybody understood why he was always so hard about everything because to him, those were the stakes. That they had to make things that made people feel that they were just a father and the daughter, that nothing else mattered. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. And it gave everybody context. Ooh-ha! <laughs> That's one of the best ones I've ever heard. But I guess as a side note here, Chad, what's interesting about that story is if you take the time to understand why people are who they are, perhaps you, you might be, we might be, less judgmental and more understanding mm -hmm. when you get the reason that that guy is so full on and uptight about meeting standards and everything has to be exact because he's like, this is how he contributes to celebrating the very idea of being a family. Um, and once you put it in that kind of context, you're like, okay, fair enough. That's pretty important stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not because he's a jerk and he wants everything to be done his right. way. Yeah. For, for him, it's in service of, of the customers and users that that they're that they're serving. Yeah. And it's a bit of a preview here too from Simon about the process of finding your your why. And um we could take a moment here just to talk a bit about the structure of the book and kind of our our thoughts about the book overall. Again, I thought the practicality of it was was really helpful and um, you can almost open it to the chapter and just start doing the exercises with a partner pretty immediately and get to some really interesting results. Mm. But it's, it's really all about gathering these stories. So here in that instance, you know, Simon's kind of polling the group of, of a story of, you know, doing that, that meaningful work. Mm -hmm. Then you start to pull or identify some themes across these, these questions like, okay, so what, where do you come alive at work? Um, where do you kind of shy away? Or, you know, where do you feel like you don't, you don't shine. Um, you take those themes and then you can draft and refine your why statement that kind of pulls examples and themes from all of those stories. And then once you have that why statement, you can kind of, again, you know, start from the middle of the golden circle and move your way outwards. So you've got your why, then you find your how, and then the what's kind of fall out at the end. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's a it's a great framework. I mean, he's he's masterful Sinek and obviously he had the help of David Mead and Peter Docker here, but he's just masterful at, at simplifying, you know, really big ethereal emotional things. He really packages them 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 beautifully. Um like yourself, I also really liked the the personal why the most. Mm -hmm. He also does the whole why process for organizations. Um, and I like a lot of the, the practicalities um, that I think we all need reminding of. And, in fact, I think that's a way of sort of setting up this next uh, part of the show. We've been very fortunate to dig up. It's actually really nice to hear from David Mead and Peter Docker because they co-authored this book with him. And we were really fortunate uh, to find uh, a webinar that they had done which was based on Q&A from readers of the book. And they were coming with lots of really good questions or blockers that they had. And we've been able to pick out the best ones that we think are going to help you, our listeners, what will help you the most. So it's really nice to, to have the chance to hear not only from Simon Sinek, but actually his co-authors. And so I think 
if you've if you're a big Cinec fan and whether you're a master of both or all or just one book I've I've really found that these suggestions that we're going to take you through these ideas are going to help you get more out of this this process and I think it's safe to say Chad asking why is not something you do once you know and as they say write the book and close the book I mean I think this is something you come back to time and time again yeah, I think it's it is an it's an investment that is certainly worth making uh, because you know as as he said like it's that compass that will just keep guiding you uh, no matter the circumstance whether that's in work or at home I, I have found it to be immensely immensely useful yeah yeah but you might be wondering where to get started we're profiling no fewer than five of Simon's books. Uh, you may be a bit confused as to to where to get started. And so uh, David and Peter have some advice as far as uh, how to get started in finding your why. It's up to you. Um, we're not going to say to people, sit down and read Start With Why from cover to cover first. If you're eager to to get on with Find Your Why, then that's fine. We wrote in the front of Find Your Why a sort of um, synopsis, uh, shorter version of Start With Why. Um, and this isn't about selling books either. If you want to read Start With Why, borrow one. You know, it's you don't have to go and buy one. I'm sure there's plenty in the libraries uh, around the world too. Um, having said that, if you want a deeper appreciation of the power of the golden circle and how it can um, help and influence us both in our individual lives and in business too, then Start With Why, the book, does certainly go a little bit deeper. It's entirely up to you. Reading Start With Why is not a prerequisite for launching into Find Your Why, um, but you will get a deeper appreciation of the ideas if you read both. David, anything to add? Would you agree? Absolutely. I, w- I would uh, compare it to, you know, when you, when you buy a, a new gadget or a new piece of technology, usually there's like the manual, which is, you know, sometimes online for those people who just love to get into all the detail. And then there's the quick start guide, which a lot of people are like, sweet, let me just, just tell me how, you know, give me the basics that I need to be able to figure out how to use this thing. Uh, so the information that we give around the golden circle and start with why the quick start guide is in find your why. So you'll have, you know, if, and it was written to be a standalone book. Um, so you will have the, the basic foundation that you need as far as the knowledge about the golden circle and the concept of why, uh, if you just pick up find your why. But for those of you who love that uh, level of detail, uh, start with why is a good good place to go. Yeah. So this this book is very much the quick start guide. If you're in a big <laughs> if you're in a big hurry to crack the why, maybe you've heard a lot of people talking about it over the years. This is the the place to go. And actually, as I think about it. Uh, Chad, it would have been so good if some of the other great uh, business books had had their own practical equivalents of Find Your Why. I'm thinking about Good to Great and a lot of the Jim Collins books. I think definitely Clay Christian because his work is very strategic and academic. In fact, maybe a lot of authors could take a lead here from Simon Sinek. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think Jim Collins did just that because he just came out with an imprint it's not quite a full book. It's called Turning the Flywheel. And it takes his idea of the flywheel, which I know you are a huge proponent of and oh, yeah. seemingly find it in all of the successful <laughs> business models out there. But he, he took this idea of the flywheel that, that comes from good to great and he split it out into its own book. 
I think you're exactly right. M- many of these books can and probably should be distilled into 5,000 words, maybe 10,000 words, you know, with some pretty diagrams that help explain the thinking. But Simon is so interesting to read because he brings in many great stories and examples in the same way that like people like Jim Collins and Clay Christensen, like bring in that academic research and the examples of, you know, why their theories work. But uh, I would absolutely recommend find your why, like if you just want like the crash course and then get right into doing it, I think find your why is a great entree into, into the whole series, because then you're getting to finding your why and not just hearing Simon talk to you about why whys are so great. Like you can actually approach start with why already having a bit of a semblance of what your own is. Um, so it might be even a more interesting interaction with the book if you've started to find yours um, ahead of time. Yeah, and and I think if everyone is getting a little bit excited in in this episode and thinking, right, practical time, let's write some notes, let's scribble some stuff down. Or if you miss something that we've said, I know... Um, we're getting more and more people asking us uh, for references. I know we had uh, somebody listening to a show uh, last week who wanted to know about the the work productivity tool that uh, Chad and basically I think I've corrupted everybody that I work closely with to use, which is called Todoist. It's a fantastic uh, multi-platform native piece of software that is, I mean, it's everything that you could want in a very practical, practical kind of get things done. Uh, tool that's also collaborative. So Chad can give me lots of homework to do. (laughs) But um, I wanted to give you all a heads up. Go to moonshots.io where you can find all our show notes, all our links. It's a repository, hopefully, of all of our wisdom. And uh, as you know, everybody, Chad loves a good email. So you can email both of us at hello at moonshots.io. Um, and, um, while you're at it, if you're, uh, got the fingers clicking, don't forget to go into the iTunes store. Give yeah, it, we love those reviews. We love those reviews. We love those ratings. I think we've got to hit 25 star ratings, Chad. That's the challenge we should put out to everyone. I, I know there's a few of you out there that I've, uh, I've been texting or emailing lately. You've been saying, Hey, great, great work on that episode. So show us some of that love on uh, iTunes. It helps uh, other people discover yeah, the show yeah, too. It's really, really helpful for us. And we appreciate any feedback that you're uh, willing to give, give us. And if it's particularly negative, you can send those to chad at moonshotstar. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I'm joking. Send it to hello. Oh, we'll take all your feedback, good and bad. Mike and I, <laughs> you should know by now we're, uh, we're practitioners of continuous improvement and uh, iterating. Uh, so, yeah, we, good and bad feedback. We'll, we'll take it one and all. Now, on this theme of uh, doing things together, um, the co-authors have some very strong thoughts about how you might go about finding your why. So I just want to set the scene here. You've read the book and you're like, I want to do this. The first thing is you have to avoid is coming up in this next clip. So let's say you're ready and you're about to start the process of finding your way. Listen to what David and Peter have to say now because this is the first and most important piece of advice. Let's hear it. So the second question, should we try to do this by ourselves? No, please do not try to do it by yourself. The way we, we sort of, you know, we compare it to, to therapy, right? We cannot uh, 
conduct those therapy sessions on our own. Not that this is a therapy session. Um, it's something uh, different than that. However, that outside perspective, that um, sort of third-party uh, viewpoint is so incredibly important because what we're looking for in a wide discovery is pattern recognition. Uh, and in these different stories that we're telling to be able to pinpoint what are the things that are the same, what is that golden thread that runs through everything. And it's very, very, very difficult, if not impossible, to do that for ourselves. Um, and so if you're having a little bit of trouble with that, and, and I've experienced this as well, I've got um, you know a couple of family members that have gone through this process and said, I, I just, I don't know who to ask. Um, my suggestion would be, and Peter, I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear your take on this, but I think if we can get past the perception that there, I, I don't know who to ask, there's nobody I can ask, uh, and, and not worrying so much about, well, you know, I'm afraid to ask this person because what if they think this is weird or, or, or you know, what, what if, you know, do, do I have to know them, you know, uh, extremely well or do I, it's all of this stuff that I think we kind of let get in the way. If we really kind of take that bigger uh, perspective, that bigger picture, go up to 30,000 feet and say, look, this is something really important to me. Uh, I want to be able to get up every day and know uh, the purpose behind the work that I do or what keeps me busy throughout the day. Um, and sharing that, just sharing that experience that you're going through might just be inspiring to somebody uh, that you know to the point where they would be more than happier, more than excited to help you uh, to help you do that. Uh, and so I think maybe just letting go of the perception that, well, they, they probably wouldn't do it or they would think it was strange or those, that kind of thing. Um, I think we probably all have a few people in our lives that, uh, that could serve that purpose. But. Do not do it alone. And actually, I'm going to go out on a limb here. So if, if, you're, if you're listening to us, you've made it this far. You've heard not one, two. You've listened to like almost five episodes on Simon Sinek here. You know Mike and I are huge Simon Sinek fans. The first three listeners that send an email to hello at moonshots.io and say, hey, I want some help finding my why, I'll be that person to help you ask some of those hard questions and go through those answers to help find your why. And the reason I'm doing that is because I think I can get better at understanding my own why. So yeah, I'm just going to put out that uh, call to action. And uh, first, first people that email me at hello at moonshots. .io, I would love to help you through that process. Wow. What, a, what an offer. And uh, what is really important about this idea is there's lots of learnings for me. Number one, do it with somebody else because that will create some accountability. Mm -hmm. Do it with somebody else because they will say, hey, Mike, you're living in your own reality distortion field. I don't know what you're thinking with that, but here's my feedback. And lastly, sometimes, maybe more times than not, that when you do this with someone that you're not really, really close to, someone a little bit more objective might say, hey, Mike, get over it. Now go out and do something positive in the world. People who are sort of don't have a horse in the race may in fact give you better feedback. So don't feel like if you look at like your best buddy at work and your partner and you're like, you know what, for whatever reason, I don't want them to, to do it. I actually encourage people to go out there and find someone to mentor and coach them. And here's a good power tip. You can go onto the Simon Sinek uh, Facebook group 
And there is an enormous community of people who are out there finding their whys. And it's quite common that people actually hang out their shingle. So if, if, if Chad's already booked up with three, you can always go to the Facebook group and uh, for Simon Sinek and you can find some people to do it with there. I really, really found that not only for myself, but in watching this over the, the many years, doing this with others will only make your idea, your vision, your motivation better. Didn't we spend a whole episode talking about why together is better, Mike? <laughs> we we did indeed. It's like everything is fitting together like this beautiful, um, this beautiful little uh, tapestry. But look, the advice doesn't stop there, does it, Chad? No, no. And there's there's an, a subtlety that you'll begin to understand. Um, many of the things that maybe you thought were a why are either a how or sometimes a what. And so, again, part of why it's so important to be working through this with someone else is you might stop a bit too early. You know, you don't quite get fully to the why. And here we are hearing it from, uh, from Peter and David about some of the differences between hows and whys. Yeah, I just add on to that. The, the process of the why discovery, actually what you're doing is, is finding your themes, which are your hows, and the one that rises to the top is your why. So, um, Stephanie, to your, your point, you know, you may find as you're, you're coming up with all these stories that there do seem to be a number of themes. Well, that's part of the process. And as you go through it, you'll find that uh, of those themes, there'll be five, maybe six and it's the sixth one that rises to the top to become your why. There's no difference between your why and your hows other than the why is the first amongst equals, if you like. So uh, there, there are going to be a number of different themes that you discover as you go through your, your why discovery process. That's part of the process. It's only when you get to the ends and follow all the way through that you figure out which one is the one that, um, that is the root of your why. So keep going. I'd encourage you. Yeah, for me, um, the hows and, and the whys are, I mean, it's to me, it's almost the crucial formula, isn't it? How you kind of unpack this. When you look at a uh, 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 difference between a how and a why for yourself, Chad, what's a good example for our listeners just to, to reflect on the difference? Sure. And I'm still working through my exact why statement. Or, or my purpose, but you know how I spend my professional career is a how for my why. So my professional career is, you know, it's kind of in service to my why. I I don't live to work, and my purpose here on this life is not to do work. But I'm very fortunate and lucky to find work that serves my why. And so that's, you know, so f for me, my work and, and many of the other things that I do is in service of my why. So it's kind of like whatever's at the top of that pyramid or, you know, at the very, very core of the golden circle, that's the why. It's like that why is inside of everything mm. that you do that, you know, makes you feel alive and mm. um, really activates you. That's, that's how I see kind of, because I can like look at many of the things that I'm doing why you and I are podcasting together, the work that I'm doing, 
you right. know, the types of content right. that I'm sharing in the books that I'm reading, it's like all pointing me, you know, it all comes back to my why. That's, that's a, that's a really, really good differentiation. Even more put simpler still, if I look at my own one, mentoring, helping and supporting and coaching others is a big part of my why. But what's interesting, if you look at that theme, I, I actually quite like to call it coaching because it has a level of accountability and shared uh, risk reward to it. I coach quite literally, I coach rugby players. But I also coach and mentor people in my organization. I also coach and mentor my son. I also see what we're doing here is very much this mentorship and teaching. Mm. It all, all of those things, being a dad, being a rugby coach at work in my family, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just simply helping people. It's simply with this very strong accent towards coaching, mentorship, and teaching. And I find huge satisfaction in all of those things. So they are kind of all the same why in the end. And that's just an example for our listeners. Whatever your why is, if you can do that simple exercise of saying, well, how do I behave in my family, in my community, in my office? If you can see a consistency there, then you're really serving your why. If you're feeling like things are not, oh, yeah, I'm kind of got it going in one or two areas, then that's a great piece of homework. Go, go make it work in more. Yeah, I think the more multifaceted your why manifests, like probably the closer you are to your true why. As you said, if it's like if you come up with a why, but you can only see it showing up in your home life, maybe not so much at work or vice versa, then you might have to dig a bit deeper for your for your why yeah yeah and um what's what's really interesting for me is this this idea that i i truly do love coaching mentoring helping teaching supporting others so that they can go out into the world and do very brave and audacious things that's very much my why what's really interesting is that there was a couple of things in my childhood which were really negative moments that really affected me in my as in my struggles to be away as a wayward teenager in particular. But um, there were these things that happen that I can see now have become huge positives because I'm trying to do it better than perhaps those that should have mentored and coached me when I was a kid. I'm trying to pay it forward and do it better. Uh, and hopefully that'll be my legacy. And in fact, this is a big theme for a lot of people in their whys. So what we've got coming up now is the co-authors of Find Your Why talking ab about how, yes, there can be things in your life that are a challenge, that are negative, but the art of making the best possible why and finding your purpose is all about translating those into positives. So let's have a listen to David Mead and Peter Docker talking about turning a negative into a positive. Who've heard me speak may have heard me talk a, or tell the story of Dylan, um, a friend of my, my children. And uh, Dylan was almost killed in a motorbike accident. Now, at the time, that was a, an extremely distressing negative story, if you like. However, the positive that he's drawn out of that in terms of why he does what he does has been extraordinary. So 
all of these stories, we can often find something positive from them in terms of what we were able to go on to do or go on to be. And then it just acts as further reformation or reaffirmation of, of who we are and our values and what we believe. So all of these stories, um, whether positive or negative, do help us point to that why. And sometimes, again, it's the partner who can identify the, the, the positive points, if you like, from that negative story, um, who we became, how we grow, how we grew from that, uh, that particular event. So uh, again, your partner is your friend. Yeah. One of the things we talk about, guys, when we run these workshops is you don't have to share something you don't want to share. But if it feels like a little bit of a risk to, risk to share, it's most likely a good thing to, to hop into. So in terms of, of which stories to share. Yeah. What, what's that saying, Mike? Something like, you know, hard times doesn't, you know, form character, it reveals character. Ah, I think, yeah. I think that's what's going on here is that it's often the, those hard times that, it, you know, where, where you are demonstrating your resiliency and your grit, determination. Yeah. How you bounce back from those negative circumstances can often be a huge signal as to to what your why is because mm. like while you might not know it um explicitly like you might not have the words or the phrase of what your why is that's why you are bouncing back right it's like why you're getting back up and trying again it's because you have that inner drive that why that's 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 taking you further yeah yeah the the thing that i feel is the takeaway for our audience here, like the thing, the way to process this is this art that, that Sinek talks about of go back and gather the stories. And he, he mentioned earlier that like, it's usually something that probably happened somewhere around your teenage years. Go find those formative stories that shaped who you are, uh, that have, you know, brought out in you both your strengths and your weaknesses, but more importantly, that are a clue into your purpose. Go get that thing and unlock those with the frame of how can you find your purpose and how can you use that? And this is very much what I did. What will be my legacy, right? I will be a better coach than those that coached me. I will give people the chance to go do brave and audacious things. Whether I'm watching a guy on the rugby field who's doing something we trained on during the week or whether one of my colleagues has taken on an idea or a suggestion for me and is enjoying the fruits of that success, it doesn't matter. It's all about finding that thing, find that purpose, unlock it, and call upon that life of experience as this well of energy and motivation to be resilient, to be purposeful, to hold on to something and just don't give up, just go forward. For me, that's the gift in, in all of this. And, and, and look, it will take time. Like we've talked about, don't do this alone. I think it's fair to say, Chad, this is like, it's like perfection. You'll just spend your life seeking it and you'll never find it. <laughs> it's like, you're always working on your why, aren't you? Yeah. Well, and anyone that's known you long enough, Mike, has, has heard your stories that I know form the core 
of your why. We, we don't have to belabor it here, but in this episode, I'm, I'm drawing the connections. I'm like, oh, Mike's why comes from those experiences. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as you said, and as Simon said, like they're often um, ones that we have very young in life. And for me, I actually think this is kind of the most controversial clip in the show because when I when I heard it, I didn't believe it or I didn't want to believe it. Um, so I, I, I may want to argue with them on this, but you know, I'll just play the clip and see what you think, Mike, about whether or not our why changes or grows or evolves over time. The, uh, we only have one why. Uh, and again, this is a, a matter of perspective, right? So oftentimes we think one of the big things that we see is that people say, well, my family is my why. Um, your family is actually one of your what's. It's, it's one of the opportunities that you have to show up and live your why. Uh, your why is much bigger than that. Um, the way that I like to think about it is we are who we are wherever we are. And that is at work, at home, with our friends, uh, in the community. Anywhere that we are, our why is the same. We are ourselves. We are our best selves, no matter what situation we're in. At least we have the opportunity to be. We're not always. Um, so we only have one why uh, for work, for home, for everywhere. Um, and I will leave the second half of the question of does our why ever change to Peter. Okay, so the why, the words we use in the why can morph over time, but the feeling behind them doesn't change. So, for example, the first part of my why to enable people, it used to be to enable others. And then I changed others to people because in my mind, people included myself too. And sometimes for me to better enable others, um, perhaps after a busy traveling schedule or whatever, I need just to enable myself a little bit. So the word people included myself too. So yes, the words might morph over time. I think David, you, you've, you've changed one or two of your words uh, um, over the few years we've known one another. Yeah, just one or two. <laughs> and that's okay it's the feeling behind it the words uh, as we know the the uh, the why comes from our, our limbic part of the brain responsible for all behavior all decision making and yet it's got no capacity for language so at the very best our why statement is an approximation an expression of the feeling that lies behind our why so it's quite likely that the the words will change but the feeling won't and to david's point we only have one why uh, one why only. Mm, one why to rule them all. I, I I have a take on what they're saying, and I'll try and say it differently. And then Chad, you can you can tell me if this helps at all. So I'll just use myself a, a, as the case in point, just to just to be you know super pragmatic. I think if you'd said to me, you know, like ten years ago, so um, ten years ago I was still in London. Okay. Um, and, um, I was responsible for a large agency. It had more than a hundred people in it. And if you'd asked me, what was my why? The best articulation I probably could have given you at the time was I love building teams. And in doing that, I like to try and create an environment and, you know, be the boss, be the good boss. Like we've all had in our life managers or bosses that we reported to, particularly when we were, young and climbing up the totem pole and 
the, the you know the terrible boss way for them to get out of our way yeah and they just make your life terrible and and it's like i can't believe how much i hate this job and it's like only because of this person right so i would try and be the opposite of that but here's the thing so so my why 10 years ago would have been team building and so forth but the downside of that is i probably was too much the optimist mr positivity mr energy mr let's do something good and I probably didn't pay enough attention to the tough conversations. You know, the conversations where, hey, making someone accountable because I felt like I was just Mr. Positive team building. Come to today, I relish the opportunity to praise and to be positive, but I equally relish the chance to give constructive feedback that sometimes might be confronting mm-hmm. or tough to hear because I think that's what a coach does. Um, and so maybe I've moved uh, from being the team captain to being the team coach. And, and that's why I like this word of coach in my why, because the journey over time is, yes, it's the same feeling, but I think we discover more and more insights and things change over, over time for us in our role within our community, family, and work. But the big thing for me is you get more understanding and you can put a finer point on it. I I have never had the level of comfort and understanding of my why than I have today because I think I've made this ability to pull, if you will, emerging coaching themes that were in my career 10 years ago. And I've raised that straight into everything that I do 10 years later in the way I talk to my son has complete parallels with colleagues or rugby players. And one of the great things that I have learned to do because I try to be a coach is I might sit with the, stand with the guys on the rugby field and say, okay, guys, what did we like about that skill exercise and what could we do better? And it's even got to the stage where I say, do you think we should do it again? Like, are you guys happy with that level? Of performance, or do you think we can do better? And I think the 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 the, the emerging coach in me ten years ago would have just been shouting, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, fellas, let's go again, let's go again." But now there's a level of coaching and thoughtfulness in the way I do it that is no different to me talking to my son about his report card or how he might tackle something with school. It's like, well, what do you what do you think you should do, and what's the challenge, and how might we tackle that. And I think I didn't have that 10 years ago. So this is a long-winded way of me saying, I think this is how the why changes. Yes, the same feeling, but I think if you're doing it right, it should almost be changing, definitely in language. But I would even go as far as saying, I think it should evolve uh, like a good bottle of wine. It should just taste better over time. Yeah. I think the the proponent of free will in me was fighting against the determinism of of there's only one why. But I think the metaphor for for me, and I think it probably kind of aligns with the experience that you've had and, and shared, as you said, you know how it's maybe changed over the past ten years. You're gonna throw, you, you know, you're gonna do some of the exercises in this book, and you're gonna try to find your why, and you're gonna throw your first dart, and it's not gonna be a bullseye. You, I mean, like, hopefully you hit target, but you're kind of in the ballpark, so to speak. And then as you keep uh, refining these exercises, sharing more stories, getting reflections from others, eventually you'll get closer and closer to that bullseye. And then 
you know, hopefully without too much work, you can really land on that bullseye. And then, as I was saying, like everything in your life really just ties back to your why. And so for me, I I almost use like, you know, I'll look at an aspect or an area of my life and say, is it in alignment with my why or not? And then figure out, okay, is there something that I love and do that really brings me alive and helps others that's like not incorporated into my why? So then maybe how can I rephrase it? Kind of when you're like you saying that you shifted from team captain to to team coach, Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, I got it. You're like, oh, that was kind of the mindset shift on your part. And so, so yeah, I think it's, I, I would say I also kind of fall on like you do just have one why, but it might be kind of a path of discovery mm. uh, to really hone and figure out what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, this all sounds a bit serious. Um, and it, to, to lighten it up a little bit, I would just say this. By the very virtue that you read this book and think about these things and do some meaningful contemplation you will be a better person. <laughs> like, like, don't get caught up in uh, what you're doing more work than like 98% of the population. Right. Because, you know, we, all the listeners of this show will have met lots of people in their life that you can just feel they're not really doing what they love. It's all about complaining. It's in the workplace. It's the classic, this person just can't wait to get out of the office and what I know when I'm at my best is when I have an idea on the weekend for something at work and out of my own free will, I just enjoy writing it down for an hour and just contemplating it. I get this deep sense of satisfaction. And I think earlier in my career, I would have been resentful of, of losing that hour of my personal time to work time. So I think that in my journey, I feel like every day I enjoy the privilege of some way, somehow directing myself in a good path because I've read a book like this and I've used a textbook like Find Your Why and that I do things like I do Strengths Finder 2.0, I go to 16 personalities to try and discover more about who I am because I think that it's it's human nature, it's all maybe even a survival trait that you 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 hope to understand who you are in order to live better. I think it's 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 like don't get caught up in the grammar of your why statement. The fact that if you've even lasted this long in our podcast, Chad, <laughs> <laughs> and listen to the two of us bang on about this book. Even if you've got that stamina, you're on the path. You're going in the right direction because the real truth is most people don't put in the work and most people don't stop and ask that big question of mm-hmm. why am I here? What am I trying to do? What's my legacy? How can I help the people around me? How will I be remembered when I'm not here anymore? Like just by pure virtue of getting into this stuff, I think you will see an uptick this keyword, not just to happiness, but I think if there was anything to take out of this book is the sense of fulfillment will come because you're doing things that answer to, to your calling and to your purpose. Mm. I could not agree more, but 
We don't want to leave you without hearing from Mr. Simon Sinek himself one last time as he's going to kind of tie a bow on this entire discussion about his book and collaboration with uh, David and Peter, Find Your Why. And um, it's a bit of kind of like a call to action for how once we've done a bit of this work, we've found, you know, a pretty good uh, statement of, of why, how we might bring it to life. So one frequent question that we get is now that you've found your why, what do you do with it? How do you use it? Well, one of the things you want to do is keep it all around you. One of the things that I've done is I actually would write my why uh, on my desk next to my bed so that I was reminded of it. That's number one. But also start talking about it. Um, I start meetings with it. Um, when I sit down with a meeting, I say, before we start this meeting, I'd like to tell you why I took this meeting or why I called this meeting. And I refer to my why and say how I believe that this potential partnership or this potential relationship could help me advance my cause, could help me advance my why. It works every time. It's extremely valuable in resumes and interviews as well. When somebody says, so why do you want this job? You say, let me tell you why I do everything. And maybe tell a story from your childhood or one of the stories that you told in the why discovery process to communicate your point. I used to do that in all my interviews. Uh, I, I still do it now. Um, I start meetings, I start talks, I start all kinds of things with it, and it gives people a context for who you are and where you're coming from. It's a huge advantage on resumes as well. I've never really understood at the top of resumes when people write purpose and they say to get a job in a top performing law firm, blah, 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 whatever they write. Of course, that's why everybody's applying for the job. Rather, use that space at the top of your resume to explain who you are, basically, why you do what you do. It gives context to all the other jobs you've ever had. It gives context for who you are, and it helps us stand out in the crowd of people who have similar experiences to us. Um, it also helps us understand sometimes where relationships fail, where we sometimes did things or said yes to things that in our guts it felt wrong, but if we compare it to our why, we realize that we should never have done it in the first place. So use it front and center, speak about it, tell the stories, use the stories as metaphors to explain who you are, talk about it constantly, start meetings with it. Yeah. I, I, I like the practical advice of putting it at the top of your resume, but equally, Chad, I like this idea of just having the presence of mind to reflect upon your why and to frame the things that you do through that lens of of the why. So I think we can both take him at a very practical and at a metaphorical uh, manner in this this last clip. I think it's very powerful to to anchor yourself in it because Chad, what I would propose is that you make better choices every day if you're aware of your why, I mean, one thing that you and I know that the, the thing I always do as soon as finance and reporting and operations comes up, I run for the hills. I don't want anything to do with it You're nowhere <laughs> <laughs> because I don't add any value and I don't enjoy it. And there's people who can do it way better than me because actually financial reporting feels like a world away from coaching people to do brave and audacious things. So I feel like I'm off track. I'm like, for a million reasons, I shouldn't be here. That's an example of having, you, you know, your why to life, having it on the top of your uh, metaphorical notepad, to-do list, your resume, whatever it is, helps you make better decisions. I mean, that's what I'm taking from that last thought from from Simon. Yeah, I think at 
he's quite bold in saying, you know, hey, lead meetings with it, shout it from the rooftops. I I see it in the lens of, especially when it comes to client engagements, for me, it's really all about finding a good fit. The worst feeling that you can have as a business owner is just to like go out and be a schlocky seller and just um, sell, sell, sell to, to, to people who don't want to, to have anything to do with, with what you're selling. But if you lead with your why, and you can go back to and listen to start with why and why this works. But if you lead with your why, then you connect with the people who believe what you believe. And then it's, you know, you're meant to be together and to do that work together. Um, so mm. I, I agree with him. Like you should, you know, at the top of a meeting, you can just say, hey, uh, the purpose of this meeting is to see if working together is a good fit, both for you and for me. Here's my why. And you share it. And then if you see some nodding heads and they're like, oh, yeah, like I'm totally into that, too, then, yeah. you know, it's a pretty good fit. But if you see people running for the hills, then, yeah, maybe it might not be such a great fit. And the same for hiring and, and you know, pr- you know, on, on the job hunt yeah, as well. Absolutely. And something to kind of try and tie this all together is that that personal anecdote that I gave of like, I can see th- things and I'm not perfect and I'm working on a lot of stuff, but I can see things across a spectrum in my life where it all comes back to this coaching, mentoring, teaching, helping, supporting others to do brave and audacious things. I can see little bits of that in all sorts of different interactions. And that gives me the energy to, in the space of one week, is to take care of a couple of different offices in our company to produce a podcast, to coach a, a semi-professional men's rugby team, to to be a father, to be a husband. Teenager, yeah. <laughs> like I could go on. But but the 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 personal thing that I can share is that the energy to do all of those things in a week comes from the fact that each and every single one of those things feels like I'm living up to my purpose in some way. And that gives you this abundance of motivation. And I think this is perhaps the hidden secret that it's not hard to get out of bed when you've got a day full of things that bring you joy and bring you fulfillment. Like it's really not that hard to get out of bed. Mm. It's always, if you if you wake up and you're hitting snooze and then you're like, oh, you're probably getting a subconscious message that, not enough of the day is about uh, serving your why or serving your purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's there's small little changes that you can do a little every day to move you closer to to the fulfillment that you get from your why. For me, it's much of my why is around learning, not just for myself, but helping others learn as well. That can take the form of big, grandiose. Uh, things, but it can also uh, be little things, you know, and this podcast is, is included in that. I I don't want the episode to end without my call to action again, for those listeners of you quick, you like, I'm sure someone else (laughs) took action on that first, uh, that first mention halfway through the show. I've got, got three spots. I would love to help some fellow listeners work together, uh, share some stories, figure out uh, more about our whys. And um, yeah, for me, it's, again, everything for me is all about learning. So learning how others come to find their why and how we can better 
find our whys together. You know, I'm, I'm super pumped to, uh, to hear from you all and, and go through that. With you. Awesome. So there you have it. Find your why by Simon Sinek and his two friends, David Mead and Peter Docker. What a, I mean, this has to be Chad, the most pragmatic, practical, productive book that we've ever, uh, covered, uh, not only in this series of Simon Sinek, but this has to be probably one of the most practical shows we've ever done in our two-year history. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because you might not expect it from someone like Simon if you if you see his uh, his TED Talks, but I think that's why he sought out his co-authors. Maybe like you, he understood that writing the textbook on Finding Your Why was probably not his best strong suit, but he can uh, ensure that it has the essence of of, mm. of his, uh, mm. his thoughts and teachings. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it elaborates the theme of together is better, right? So he, he sought out, uh, David and Peter to help him on this journey because he, he wanted to scale, he wanted to scale the golden circle and his thoughts on leadership, you know, why to more people. And he realized that he couldn't do it mm. on his own. Mm. Yeah. And I think w- couple of practical takeouts. Uh, don't try and find uh, your why alone. Make sure you pick something that's a real why, right? So what contribution do you want to make to the world so that there can be a certain impact? Make sure you frame it there. And as they cut out, it's not like your family or your kids. Those are the opportunities for you to live your why, right? So coaching a team, taking care of your family, working together with your colleagues, working within your community groups, those are chances to live your why. Your why is a contribution that has impact. And uh, you can take all of those things that have happened in life and turn them all into your chance to pay it forward and do it better and to leave a legacy, to have purpose. And as in all good things, it is a lifelong pursuit, mm. and when you do it, I think good things happen. Uh, I don't, I don't have much to add on that, Mike. It seems like we're at the end of this show, but not quite to the end of the series. Just, just yet. when you thought Simon Sinek was out, we drag you back in. We have one more, and perhaps Chad. You know, I'm quite an enthusiastic young man. Perhaps the most exciting show yet. What will be our fourth and final part of our Simon Sinek series? So we will have, and it's our fifth, Mike. We, we've done so many shows on Simon. We keep, this, it'll be the sixth episode on Simon, the fifth in the book series. Oh my gosh, I can't keep up with myself. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh. He, uh, so Simon has a new book coming out called The Infinite Game. And we've scoured the interwebs and found Simon giving us a great preview of this content. If you followed his YouTube videos, TED Talks, you, you may be like, hey, when you're reading the book, this is just what he was talking about in his TED Talks. And I think he's one of those authors that does a great job of testing out his content before distilling it down into a book by going out and, and speaking about it. So we've got some really fantastic clips that's pulling content straight out of the book from the future, even before it's published. Um, and that will be our last episode here on the Simon Sinek series, The Infinite Game. 
Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, who's going to be the next focus of our attention? Is it another author or do we need to focus on a company? We did the Apple series. We've done an author series. We've done a Simon Sinek series. We need to hear from you. Tell us what is grabbing your curiosity and attention and, and we'll... What are you dying to learn about? Yeah. We go and do our research on to bring you some clips of wisdom. Yeah, and we think we might have a number of uh, different types of series. We could do sort of a, a new refresh on the world of startups. Um, we could perhaps, we are very fond of an author called Cal Newport, and he could he's emerging as an almost Simon Sinek-like kind of guy. We could potentially... Yeah, I, I almost want to do like a revisit of some of our Ooh. very first episodes that maybe have gotten lost in the back catalog. We can uh, maybe go back and see what we were saying about these individuals, kind of seeing if our predictions were right or wrong. And then mm. certainly, you know, what the likes of Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, so much happens in the span of like six weeks, <laughs> let alone the two years since we profiled them. That's true. That's true. Well, there's plenty of opportunities for us to delve deep into uh, the adventures in the world of innovation. And we look to you, our audience, tell us who you're interested in, what you're interested in, and uh, that will give us endless inspiration for the next shows. We've just got so many ways we can take the show. And we look to you, our listeners, just to point us in the right direction. So thank you to you our audience. Thank you to you, Chad. What a heavy duty show that was. Very pragmatic, full of tips and notes to self, huh? Yeah, I was kind of cramming before the show, rereading the book and re-listening to the book on audiobook. And uh, I feel like there's so much more I got to go back and do now <laughs> that I've that I've reread it. I was rereading the book in between meetings yesterday and uh, it was quite hilarious. Me trying, I felt like my son cramming for exams. I'm like trying to sneak in a few, uh, few chapters here and there. Uh, but once again, thank you to you, Chad, to our listeners. Thank you to Simon Sinek for inspiring us so much. Uh, we look forward to our last part of the Simon Sinek series in the next show of the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.